Good morning, and welcome to your Friday Five, a weekly newscast from the Boston University News Service. It's Friday, April 3rd. I'm Hannah Harn, the podcast and production editor. And I'm Lillian Eden, assistant managing editor. Today, we'll take a look at our top stories from this week, including a new Latino group bringing a voice to East Boston and our latest coverage of COVID-19. Let's get started so you can start your day. Some legislators say a shelter-in-place order is necessary to mitigate the spread of COVID-19, adding that they're utilizing telecommunication to deal with constituents' concerns while practicing social distancing. Senate President Karen Spilka and House Speaker Robert DeLeo decided March 23rd to close the State House to the public to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. State Representative Tammy Javea of Acton said she sent letters to Governor Charlie Baker and Spilka on March 12th, calling to close the State House not only to visitors, but also to staff who work in the building. State Senator Jamie Eldridge of Acton also said a shelter-in-place order is necessary, in addition to Baker's order to shut down schools and cancel elective surgeries, in order to secure equipment and allow health care providers to be able to meet the growing number of COVID-19 cases. State Representative Jeff Roy of Franklin has held virtual office hours through phone and video calls to answer constituent questions. Roy also created a new page on his website that provides constant updates on the COVID-19 cases and various types of information that can be affected by the pandemic, such as unemployment insurance, housing, substance use disorder, education, and pet care. This story was reported by Anju Miura. Asian Americans facing discrimination related to the coronavirus have reported over 900 incidents of harassment through a new reporting center that was launched by two California Asian American civil rights groups last month. The Stop AAPI Hate Reporting Center is the result of collaboration between the Asian Pacific Policy and Planning Council, A3PCON, based in Los Angeles, Chinese for Affirmative Action, CAA, based in San Francisco, and San Francisco State University. The anonymous form is available on both organizations' websites for anyone, including residents in other states and abroad, to report incidents of discrimination. Analysis of the first week's responses showed 100 incidents reported per day since the form went live on March 19th. Verbal harassment and name-calling was the most commonly reported type of discrimination, making up 67.3% of reports, according to the incident report. We were not expecting anything like this, said Manjusha Kulkarni, executive director of A3PCon. We knew that this was an issue. I can't say we understood the severity or magnitude of it, so really it's been sort of overwhelming. As the total number of deaths related to the COVID-19 virus climbs in the nation, the organizations collaborating on Stop AAPI Hate are working to translate the reporting web form into more languages and focusing on outreach in limited English-speaking communities in anticipation of more incidents. This story was reported by Stella Lawrence. A debate is brewing on whether Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker can ban the sale of recreational adult-use marijuana after it was categorized as a non-essential service in an emergency order announced March 23rd. The emergency order, which also announced a stay-at-home advisory and lowered the limit of gatherings to 10 people, mandated the closure of physical operations of services deemed non-essential and asked businesses to transition into remote workflows beginning Tuesday at noon until at least April 7th. 
This order came on the heels of 777 confirmed COVID-19 cases and nine deaths in the state as of March 23rd. Acting now to prevent more person-to-person interaction and spread of the virus will buy us more time so our healthcare system can prepare for a challenge unlike any they've ever seen before, Governor Charlie Baker said Monday during a press conference. However, even as the sale of adult-use marijuana was banned, medical marijuana dispensaries were permitted to remain open after being classified as an essential service. Stakeholders in the industry said the classification felt unfair because alcohol shops were allowed to remain open during this period. In the past week, New England Treatment Access, NIDA, in Brookline suspended the sale of recreational marijuana to reduce the number of customers congregating in violation of social distancing protocols. Meanwhile, the recently opened Pure Oasis scaled down the number of employees working in the store. Following Boston, Cambridge announced a state of emergency on Thursday. As a response, revolutionary clinics shortened their hours of operations and switched to mostly order ahead and pickup services only, according to a company statement. This story was reported by Divyani Chetri. The offices for Neighbors United for Better East Boston, NUBE, are unassuming to say the least. A mid-sized open space above a pizzeria on Maverick Square, surrounded by South and Central American cafes and shops. Teaching about systematic oppression in a way that appeals to a ninth grade civics class is no small feat. Cusino pointed out that they should try to think of some positive examples so we don't depress the kids. They suggest small actions in the community that the students might have seen. If your father is a homeowner and he's renting to undocumented immigrant people, he's probably not charging them the overpriced prices that other people would, Cusino said. He's not threatening or intimidating a community that's vulnerable. Most recently, NUBE is fighting over the proposed development of luxury housing in Suffolk Downs, which they say will strangle the racial and class diversity of the community. They demand all consultation materials be provided in Spanish so that the whole community can have their say. This story was reported by Catherine Swindles. Last but not least, our data team took a look at how COVID-19, commonly known as the coronavirus, affects the body. As the world comes to a halt because of the coronavirus, scientific efforts are racing against time to understand the progression of the disease. In Wuhan, China, where the COVID-19 virus was first reported to the World Health Organization on December 31, 2019, the U.S. joined the battle on January 12th, with cases rising steadily. The lungs suffer primarily in COVID-19 patients, but other organs have been observed undergoing distress as the infection advances. The gastrointestinal system shows symptoms, with cases of diarrhea and damage to the liver. Traces of the virus have been found in fecal samples from patients, offering a new method to test for transmission. Most recently, brain ailments have been reported by frontline doctors who say that brain inflammations and numbness in extremities are noticed among patients with pre-existing neurological issues. This story was reported by Tony Chaushi. To look at the rest of the data, visit bunewsservice.com podcasts and click on today's episode. And that's it for your Friday Five. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. For the full versions of this week's stories, visit bunewservice.com slash podcasts and click on today's episode. We'd like to thank today's contributing writers, Andrew Miara, Stella Lawrence, Deviana Chetri, Catherine Swindles, and Tony Kashi. We'd also like to thank our production team. This week's episode of Friday Five was produced by Hannah Harn. And be sure to check out our next episode of Between the Bylines, where we sit down with our contributors to discuss our top stories through the lens of student journalism. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcasts for more information.